Grace and peace, welcome to Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I'm your host and teacher for the next few moments, and my name is Delisa Rogers Fields. So I'm doing something a little bit different. I've actually got several devices running, so I'm going to do my best to um, try to maneuver that. Um, but there is a word that I wanted to share uh, with you. Just give me a few moments to pull that up. All right, this word is coming out of the book of John, chapter 5, verse 7. I'm actually pulling it out of context. You might want to go back and refer um, John chapter 6 through, I think, 8. But anyway, it's talking about the discourse between Jesus and um, this lame man. And so was, this, is, this happened at the Pool of Bethesda, okay? And so we've heard about it, but I want to look at it and just take some perspective off of it. So I'm going to read John chapter 5, verse 7. The Bible says, and so the impotent man or the lame man answered him, saying, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, excuse me, sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steps down in front of me or ahead of me or what have you. And so uh, just to put it into some context, here we have a man who had been lame for um, a long time. And so Jesus approaches this man. And so not only is this man lame, but he's he's positioned for a breakthrough. He's he's positioned for breakthrough. He's in the right place and the right time. But something was happening to where he could not. Uh, manifest his breakthrough. I'm sure some of you can probably relate to that, that you're right there. You, you know, you're in position, you're in your season. And for some reason, you're just not able to tap into the next level. And we're going to talk about that for a minute. And, and, and prayerfully, the Holy Spirit is going to um, release some wisdom, you know, prophetic word of wisdom to help you get uh, past that season. Because that, that's a very devastating thing, isn't it? To be so close to it. And you can see everybody else People are launching businesses, people are getting married, people are having children, people are being promoted, people are purchasing property, real estate, what have you. And here you are in the midst of all of that. You can see what's going on. This is not something somebody is telling you, but you can see, you know, what's happening. But for some reason, it's just not happening for you. And so that puts us into a, a, a very peculiar conversation that I want to talk about is what's happening right there at that point of breakthrough and why is it that we're not able to cross over? And so this is where Jesus comes in because Jesus sees it, right? And notice that Jesus does not approach anybody else except this man. He approaches this man. The Bible says he's laying there and had been in that condition or in that state for a very, very long time. And so Jesus is approaching him because even in terms of your life and my life, God is concerned when there are areas in our lives that we're not being productive in, areas that we're not being, um, uh, you know, what's the word I want to use? Areas that we're not progressing. We're not, there's no progress at all. We're stuck. We are um, uh, stagnant. We're just, we're unable. We're immobilized. That's the word I was looking for, immobilized. And circumstances will do that. Um, so here's where Jesus approaches this man. And I believe the Lord Jesus through this word today is approaching you. He's faith. There's a face off 
between you and your situation and why you have not been able to cross over. This is that season for you. This is that season of the face-off. Okay, I, I guess that's going to be my title. <laughs> so anyway, um, so Jesus approaches this man. This man has obviously been in that same place for a long time. He's watched. He's observed. He kind of knows how things work. He understands the protocol and all of that, the procedures and all of that. But he's not able to tap in. And so Jesus approaches him. And so the Lord says to him, um, you know, do you want to get well? And I, I want to pull that up. Let me pull that up really quick because I love that particular um, matter of fact. You know what I'm going to do for those of you that can't pull up your Bible real quick? I'm just going to read that really quick for you because I want you to get the whole gist of what's happening here. Um, let's see. And so this angel goes down. If you know the story about the pool of Bethesda, this is John chapter 5, King James. The angel goes down into a certain season and troubles the water. And this man was there, had an infirmity, lame, crippled, um, and invalid for 38 years. So listen, listen to the numbers, okay? Pay attention to the numbers. This is almost 40 years. And for those of you who understand the symbolisms, uh, symbolism of numbers in the Bible, the number 40 represents testing and maturity testing and maturity and deliverance and so here this man is his grace is about to expire hear me in the holy ghost some of you have been in situations and the grace uh is about to expire it is time now okay the lord is like hey he's reaching his 40-year thing and if we don't do this right now there's a great there's a great possibility that this man may, may be lame for the remainder of his life for the rest of his life. Now, of course, you may not have been in your thing for 48 years. I mean, 38. You may not even be 38 years old, right? But speaking symbolically and speaking spiritually, there is a grace for every season of your life. I mentioned in the previous podcast about um, the seasons and times, right? The book of Ecclesiastes talks to us about that. There's a time for everything. There's a season and the purpose of everything under the sun. And so you've got to understand that within the framework of that, God expects certain things to happen during certain times. Think about the time when Jesus came on the earth, right? 33 and a half years, but that at his 30th year. It was time for him to enter into ministry. And so Jesus understood, I've got three and a half years because he knew his purpose. Now, you and I don't know how many years we have, but Jesus knew at from at the age 30, the clock is ticking. And so this is why his moves were very uh, calculated, very strategic, um, you know, very purposeful and very intentional because he understood I've got a certain season of grace for this. And when that grace expired, Judas manifested, Peter, a murdering spirit, attempted murder spirit manifested in Peter, the arrest, the whole nine yards. So there are certain seasons in your life where certain things manifest. And so God will give you a grace to develop skill sets, develop those areas that you're lacking in, connect to those who you need to and disconnect from those you need to. God will give you that space. So this is why the Bible says redeeming the time. You've got to take advantage of every day and every moment that God gives you those set times. All right. And so here the Lord says, the Bible says this man has been bound in this position for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, Jesus knew he had been there for a long time in that case or in that situation, or in that bondage. And so that's what Jesus is looking at. You have been in that particular bondage for too long. And I, I, this is so powerful, uh, people of God, because Jesus says to him, do you want to be made whole? Now, somebody would say, 
I cannot believe Jesus asked that man that question. Of course, he wants to be made whole. He's lame. He's been crippled. He's been in the same situation for almost 40 years. He has watched everybody else progress, everybody else prosper, everybody else proceed to the next place in their destiny. So what do you mean? You know, do you want to be made well? But there is a question that Jesus is asking you and he's asking me, do you really want this? Because you've been in this situation for a long time. And you mean to tell me after the first year, the second year, the fifth year, the 10th year, the 20th year, the 30th year, you could not find the strength or the, listen, the support network that you need to, uh, to, to move to the next level. You mean to tell me that it, it, you couldn't find anybody. The angels are coming down. The people are jumping into the water when they feel the stirring of the waters. It, you mean to tell me you have not been able to make any progress? And so at that point, do you know what Jesus does? And some of you may feel some kind of way uh, about what I'm about to say, but, you know, truth can be painful. Jesus put the responsibility back on him. Jesus didn't say, well, which devil was this? Let me bind him. <laughs> he didn't say, well, which, 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 uh, which, which Jezebel, which bishop, which apostle, which prophet cursed you or put you. No, Jesus said, Jesus addressed that man. Jesus understood that you are responsible. And again, this is some of you are not going to like this, but hey, he said, no, you need to take responsibility for your inability to move forward. I'm, I'm holding you responsible. Now, granted, this man is dealing with some trauma, probably like you cannot imagine. He's not able to work. He's So if he's unable to work, he's unable to provide for himself. I'm certain he doesn't have a family. I mean, because who's going to let their family member just hang out for 40 years like that? So he doesn't have family. You know, he's 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 got some financial crises, certainly has some medical health, physical things going on, certainly got some emotional things going on. You know what I'm saying? Rejection, the whole nine yards, abandonment, orphan spirits, you name it. Like there's like a cocktail of negative emotions happening with him. And but, you know, Jesus never uh, referenced any of that. Jesus said, uh, let me pull this up. Do you want to be made whole? He put the responsibility for this man's breakthrough and healing on him. Now, that's a real big pill to swallow because many of us like to find reasons and excuses for why we're not progressing in certain areas of our life. Well, you know, um, I wasn't raised with my parents or we grew up really poor or I was molested or I was raped or I was kidnapped. And I'm not invalidating your pain. I'm not, I'm not, you know, minimizing or diminishing your pain. We all, I spoke about that on a previous podcast. We all have things that we have gone through and things that have attached itself. And unfortunately has become a part of the way we interact with people. Um, we all have that experience. Pardon me. However, the Lord is not looking at what grandmother did to you or what dad did to you or what your bishop or God is holding us responsible. God is holding us responsible for the destiny that he has placed within us or upon us or that he expects of us. He's not at the end of our journey, life journey. And we stand before the great throne, the beam of seat of Christ. We're not 
going to be able to provide the excuse that, well, they wouldn't let me sing or they didn't like my dress. That Those excuses won't work. Right. And I'm not saying that they're not valid excuses. I'm saying God is not going to honor those excuses. And so it comes a point in your life and in my life where we have to take ownership for the areas that we are lacking in. And we have to take ownership for the areas that we are falling short in and do our part. And so what does that mean? Doing our part. And I like to use the word put that work in. If you had been in the same situation for 38 years Somebody, because of the grace that's upon your life, God put somebody in your life to help you. Now, how you interacted with them and how you whatever received them, you know, that that's up for discussion. But the Bible said the angels came down. So even if he cried out and said, Lord, help me, God would have sent angels, would have sent angelic help. If he would have asked his neighbor, hey, can you drag me? Can you bring your friend, two of you grab my arms, the other two grab my feet, throw me in the water. And so let me just say this, because this is kind of the gist of where I'm going with it. The Bible says he that desires friends must show himself friendly. And many of the reasons, and I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to exclude the, the devil for right now. Because we have made, many of us in the body of Christ have made spiritual warfare and deliverance and, you know, casting out devil. We've made that a crutch. Listen, I believe in deliverance. I love to cast out a devil. I do it all the time. However, you know, you can't live your life based upon demons are attacking me. The devil don't like me. The devil's blocking me. The devil's stopping me. The witch is cursing me. You're going to have to rise up in the power that Christ gave you. You're going to have to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost and conquer and overcome and survive and thrive. Jesus Christ gave us power over all serpents, serpents, scorpions, over all the powers of the enemy. He said we would trample over them. So why is it that we are attributing our lack of progress on what a devil is doing? Again, I'm not I'm not diminishing the enemy's power because he is a force to be reckoned with. He is. And he is. John 10, 10 says, um, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So I recognize that. And I respect that power. You know what I'm saying? I respect the power. He does have power. I respect that power. But I also know that Jesus Christ has given us power over all the power over the enemy. He's given us, excuse me, authority over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall harm us. So then that threw the excuse out the window. That threw the witch curse out the window. That threw the witch's brew. There's a book, the witch's brew in the pew. That threw that out the window. No matter what comes at you, no matter what situation confronts you, you have the power to overcome it. Now, whether you take advantage of it, as we're talking about our dear friend here for 38 years, Lane, whether you are cognizant of the power that you possess and, and, and will put forth the effort to utilize it, that's a different story. But you'll find here that Jesus held this man accountable you should have been healed by now. You should have been walking in your next level breakthrough by now. You should have been experiencing your next level blessing by now. What is wrong with you? Do you want this? Because many of us will say, well, Lord, I want to do better. I want to, you know, do all of these great things. But then what effort are we putting forth to do that? And I had to question myself about that. There are certain things that I know I need to do. And I'm, I have been fighting like Paul. I've been fighting with myself. What am I doing to, to meet that goal? And again, I'm not, this is not the devil. Well, you know, uh-uh. I have to take responsibility 
for goals and things that I know God said in my life for me to do that are not done, that is not done yet. And I have to say, okay, what is, what is the problem? Why can't I get to this level? And I have to own that and I have to accept responsibility and I have to do the work in that area. And it's not easy, but I have to put forth that effort. So Jesus is asking him, um, what, um, do you want to be made whole? This is verse six. And so the man responds to him. Listen, listen, to, listen to this. Okay, here we go. Because he sounds like us. <laughs> he sounds like us. He says, sir. First of all, he didn't even recognize who Jesus was. And let me just stop right there because I'm hearing God say many times we don't even recognize our help because we have been so consumed with our pain and our condition and our situation. We're so consumed with I can't move. I can't get to the pool. I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't have. I want. I, we're so consumed with the here and now that many of us can't even see the help that God has put in front of us. I know people like that. I have counseled people like that. I'm still counseling people like that, you know, that God has put help right in front of them. But because of their inability to see past their pain and their trauma, they have not been able to recognize their help. And instead of him saying, Lord, help me. Thank you, God, for coming to my rescue. Father, I bless you. He couldn't even recognize there are many of us. That have because we have been blinded and consumed by our own pains, our own traumas, our own um, negative life experiences, disappointed disappointments, discouragements. We are so consumed with what we're dealing with that when help comes, we can't even see it. We can't even discern. Jesus said, "I came to my own, and they couldn't even receive me." He said, I went to Nazareth. I couldn't even do great miracles because they didn't have the faith. You don't have the faith. If you, you can have faith in anything. When people say have faith, you can have, there are folks who have more faith in their job than in the power of God. And that's why some people have experienced some conflict on the job because God is showing them, first of all, um, I'm a jealous God and you're not going to put that job ahead of me. So I'm going to shake it up and stir it up and show you who I am. And he's a, he's a, listen, he'll do it. He's a jealous God. You ever been in a relationship? I, my husband, we have a wonderful, wonderful marriage. Praise God. And I love him dearly. This is no shade at all, but he's a jealous man. And I don't mean jealous in terms of overbearing. I guess sometimes I can define it that way, but he's a jealous man. And there are certain times when he just wants my attention focused on him. And if I don't do that, it is not going to be a good day. <laughs> I'm not going to have a good day. I may not have several good days. <laughs> so, and that's just from a, a marriage relationship. You know, when he's not getting the attention he needs and the affection and all the stuff that a man wants from his wife, when he doesn't get that, it's, I'm going to hear about it. And it's just, it's not good. Right. So, but think about that in terms of how the Lord feels about us when he wants our attention, affection, that intimate time, and we're so busy, 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 right? There's going to there's gonna be some trouble in that because he's going to let you know, so that, that's your God now? That's what's more important to you than praying and, and spending time and just, just communing with me? So, okay, well, you know, maybe I need to do something about that. Maybe I need to let you know and know in certain terms how I feel about your newfound love. <laughs> 
And so he'll do that. And so, you know, going back here to, to our friend, the, the layman, um, he, he couldn't even recognize his help. Some of us can't recognize God has sent help to you because that's who he is. He's going to send help. He's going to send friends. He's going to send comforters. When David was, was contending with Saul, God gave David a friend and Jonathan. The, the, sometimes God is going to send you the most least likely people. Folks, you don't even, you wouldn't even, you if you couldn't discern, you wouldn't even know like, okay, that person, God sent them here for me. And so what do we do? Again, based upon trying, because that's my thing, y'all. That's what I do at work. It's who I am. I love mental health, behavior health, emotional health. I love all of that. And and so many times we are so bombarded by I'm hurt. I don't trust anybody. I'm suspicious or what have you. That when God sends, and it's a setup from the enemy. Let me just say that. Those negative emotions are a setup from the enemy. That's why the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. When you know that you're feeling some kind of way about something or about somebody, go to God. Don't wait for the prophet to call you out because God may tell the prophet, I'm going to show it to you, but don't you say a word to him. Don't you say a word to her because this, I need them to come to me on their own. And so some of us are like that. We're in church. I just need a word. I need God. And God's like, no, God will tell the bishop, tell the apostle, whoever that leader is. I'm going to show you what that person is going through, but I forbid you to open up your mouth. I'm going to show it to you so you can be in prayer and so that you can cover and so that you can be uh, cognizant uh, of what's happening. But this situation, I want them to come to me. And so those of you who are prophets, hear what the Lord is saying. There are going to be things that God is going to reveal to you about people. And it is not your prerogative to go and tell it. God is showing it to you. FYI, this is what's happening. FYI, this is why that person is withdrawing and manifesting because they want attention. They want they want you to do the work for them. Don't. Oh, boy, I got in God's way a couple of years ago. And I'm telling you, I, I'll never do it again. <laughs> I bet you I won't do it again. No, ma'am. No, sir. It may hurt my heart because you love people and you want to, you know, God is doing something in them and you want to, you want to go and tell them, Hey, let me just encourage you and let you know God's moving. But God said, no, mm -mm. they, I want them to come to me because what God does not want you to do is become somebody's idol every time. And y'all watch this. Every time somebody has an issue, you're that point person. You better watch that because you can get your soul in trouble. You can get your garments. I was telling one of my spiritual daughters, make sure you don't get your garment spotted pulling somebody else out, out, of the, out of the fire. If God didn't tell you to go, don't you move. You wait on the Lord. Okay. So this man was unable to identify his help. He says, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. And so here again, look at the context of this. He's noticing that the water is ripe. The season is ripe. The, the, the time is ripe for me to get into it. And he says, I don't have nobody to help me. And the issue with some of us is we don't like the help. Oh boy, won't that preach real good? <laughs> we don't like the help. You, We have in our own minds, we have imagined and concocted and fabricated the way we want our help to look. The way we want our breakthrough to look. The way you want that career. The way you want that spot. You've already made up in your mind how you want it to look. And so then when it presents itself to you, you can't even see it. Because it doesn't match your own, your imagination. The vain figments of your imagination. And this is why Israel stumbled when Jesus came. Because in their mind, a king is coming. And he's going to restore the kingdom. He's going to break us from under the power of Rome. And the kingdom is going to be restored. And we're going to be like the days of David and Solomon. 
right? We always want to go back to the good old days. And God says, I'm doing something new. Okay. And so they were like, well, Jesus, when, when will the time of the kingdom be restored? And Jesus said, uh, this is the kingdom. <laughs> the kingdom is now. The kingdom is within you. The kingdom has come. But it doesn't look like what you think. It doesn't look like what Jesus came on a donkey. They wanted him on a stallion because you know how King Saul was all stately. He was tall and handsome and all that. David was beautiful. He was valiant, muscular and very, you know, and here comes Jesus, right? Jesus. He doesn't have a place to stay. He, come on now. He, he went against the grain of what everybody expected and what everybody wanted. And that's why they could not receive him. And this is why there's some people and I'm, I can go both ways. There are some people who won't receive you because you don't fit their ideology of what their things should look like. You don't fit it. You don't. They, nah, they ain't God. <laughs> don't you say that? Nah, that is not the Lord. That the devil is a lie, right? And guess what? That was God. Jesus came on a donkey. They expect him to come in a Cadillac. In a in a in a what's the newest car? I'm not a car thing. My husband is a car genius. But they expected Jesus to come in this new whatever. And he's coming on a borrowed donkey. It wasn't even his donkey. It was borrowed. And they were like, oh, no, dang, uh-uh, that can't be it. Crucify him. <laughs> Blasphemer. They did. They could not recognize who he was because they had devised in their own mind what their help should have looked like. Or, yeah, what their help should have looked like. And we do that. We do that. We want a certain word to come from a certain person. And God... Is that's not what God is doing because he already sees what you concocted in your mind, right? And God's like, no, you hold the word. I'm going to send it through that baby. And, and you can't receive it. You cannot receive your help. And then we sit at the pool waiting for 40 years. God, where you at? I thought you said. God said, yeah, I said. And I put uh, provisions in place for you. I sent help. But you didn't want it. It didn't, it didn't look like what you wanted. It didn't sound the way you want. It didn't have the, you know, all that, the, 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 the uh, you know, how we like this big noise, whatever that is. It, it didn't come. It came real quiet. Ask Elijah. It came real quiet and you missed it. This man missed it. Our friend missed it. And he said, I have nobody when the water's trouble to put me in a pool. But when I'm coming, somebody steps down in front of me. So why didn't you ask the person? Who stepped down? Who's in front of you? Can you give? Can you give me a help? Can you give me a helping hand? So let me say this: Some of you are not gonna like this either, but I love you. Some of us are too prideful to ask for help. You're too prideful. You know you need help. You know you need five dollars to get you home from church or whatever, and you would rather suffer. And watch everybody else go to their next level breakthrough. And you're too prideful to say, hey, um, can somebody help me? Can somebody show me how to do this? Can somebody teach me? Can somebody train me? Can somebody mentor me? We're too prideful. And so that's why Jesus didn't say, which devil was this? Which marine spirit kept you in at the pool? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we're not talking to devils. We're talking to you. We're talking to you, talking to you. We're not going to blame devils here. We're not going to do that. We're not blaming mama and daddy and grandmama and bishop. We're not doing that because you know what? You, you 38 years now, you've already gotten past that. Now, yeah, I, I'm going to help heal some of your the wounds and, and I'm, I'm going to get you there. But let's just deal with the fact that you have not moved in life, period. And you've I've provided every opportunity for you to get to your next level. But you, no, you won't ask for help. You don't think you need help. 
you don't recognize help. And so that's why you don't have help, right? God is our very present help in a time of trouble. But you're not going to always know what that help looks like. And I'm, I listen, I can tell you some things about how my help has come. There are ways that my help has come. And yeah, honestly and transparently, there have been times I'm like, no, nah, God, I'll pass. And I suffered because of that. Because I didn't want to receive. Some people, I'm like, no. Nah. You got to understand. Let me show you some wisdom in this. Those who God is sending to help you, they're not going to all have the same seasons of longevity in your life. Some folks are just going to come help you get into the pool and say, you good? All right, take care. There's some folk that will help you get in the pool and help you get back out. And then there's some folk, folk that will help you get in the pool, help you out and help you home. So you, again, even there's a wisdom in knowing who my help is and how long are you supposed to be in my life? What is the content of our relationship or the extent of our relationship supposed to look like? So I'm coming to a close now. Um, I, I pray that this is blessing you. I pray that this is, is ministering to your heart. You guys make sure you share this message, share this, um, share it with somebody because this is some good meat. And as believers, you know, again, I was talking about this in the early podcast. We are running after the prophets. We're running after the apostolic. We've got gifts. We're dreaming and seeing all kinds of stuff. But when it comes to humanity, and that's kind of where God has me. This is in that, and this is my teaching season to help the people of God explore their emotions. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I've been teaching on the prophets for a long, long time. I'm ready to do something new. When I see other teachings on the prophets, I'm like, yep, go ahead. You know, and I'm not saying I won't ever do that, but you've got to know your seasons. This is, you know, I'll do a teaching on the prophetic and season dreams, but my grace right now is dealing with human behavior. I'm going with God. I've already written books on the prophets. Get get some books. <laughs> Praise God. But God is doing, he's doing something different right now. Um, so he he's talking about, uh, let me see if I can get back in here. Yeah, okay. So will you be made whole? The man says, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool, but while I'm coming, somebody steps down, excuse me, in front of me. So Jesus, listen to what Jesus said, y'all. Listen, and this is where some of us would get offended. Some of us would really get offended. Jesus did not even acknowledge what he said at all. Jesus did not acknowledge his excuse. Jesus said, get up, <laughs> rise, stand up, take up this bed because we have made beds. We have made up our bed in pain, in trauma. Some of us, I'll never love again. I'll never trust nobody. I'll never start another business. You've made a bed. You have laid in your bed and that bed will kill you. You'll die in that bed if you don't get up. Because remember, this man is at a 38 to 40 year period. It's Your time is up. Your time is at hand. The set time is now come. And Jesus said, get this bed up, get it up, stand up, pick up your bed. In other words, listen, I want you to remain cognizant of what got you here. That's your testimony. There's some of us who God has delivered and have brought us through some tremendous things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm one of those. Don't forget where you came from. Take your bed. Take your bed. And, and don't take it to lay it down and lay yourself back down. But take it as a memorial. Didn't the Lord tell Israel, put some stones down in the water. I want y'all to remember where I brought you from. Put it down under the water. I don't, don't go and make, you know, a mountain. Because you, you know, some people are famous for making idols out of stuff, you know. Take it and bury it under the water. 
because I want this to be an everlasting memorial for you. Don't ever forget where I brought you from. So rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath, Sabbath meaning rest. God gave him rest from his seasons of, of conflict and pain and trauma and all of that stuff. He gave him rest. But God said, take your bed with you. I don't want you to forget. That's your testimony. Don't forget where I brought you from. But the Lord is saying, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm weary with your excuses now. You've been here long enough. You have rejected and have denied all of the help I've sent. Now I've got to come and do this, but I'm going to make you get up and do the work. Get up. And that's what God is saying to you today, friends. Stand up. Stand up out of the traumas and things that have gone wrong in your life. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is not accepting excuses. I'm not saying that we, again, I'm not invalidating your pain. I have pain. I, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, I haven't even told my story. People think they know, and I may spill bits and pieces in a word here and in a message there, but you don't know. I've never told my story. I've never told my story. And I'm not saying that like, oh, I've just been through such great trials and, you know, my stuff is worse than yours. I'm not saying that. Your pain is just as real to you as mine is to me. What I'm saying is I've never told my story. But in that, I have not allowed my pains, my traumas to stop me from what God has required of me. I feel the presence of God. Glory to Jesus. You have no idea of some of the things that I've been through and am still going through. To whom much is given, much is required. There are trials and things I face as a result of who I am. And I'm not saying I'm some great big nobody. That's not where I am. Those of you who know me, you know I have a humble heart before the Lord because I understand being broken. I've seen brokenness. And I don't mean emotional. I mean when God breaks people. I've seen that, been there. You ain't got to worry about me no more. I'm one of those folks. Once I learn it, I got it for life. Yeah, you don't, you don't know. Half, half of the battles that I face, sometimes daily, but every day I have to make a conscious Conscious decision. For God I live. For God I die. The Lord gives. The Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Is it easy? My God, no. There was one time just recently the Lord told me to get up and report to work early. I'm like, God, I don't even have to clock in until an hour later. God said, get up, get dressed, and leave your house. And as I'm on the way to work, the Lord instructed me. He said, pull over on the side of the road. I pulled over into the parking lot. And I parked. I'm like, okay, is God get ready to speak? And he told me, he said, no, put, put, you know, uh, park further. And the Lord put, had me in a parking lot, a vacant parking lot, because it was early in the morning. It was still dark. And the Spirit of God began to minister deliverance to me in the parking lot on my way to work. And God began to destroy yokes and things, things I didn't even know I was. I mean, I knew I was dealing with things, but I didn't know to what extent. But like this man, the Lord said, you know. Come on. It's, it's time for us to have a conversation. It's time now for you to go to your next level. So I, I, I pray that this word has been um, an encouragement to you. I pray it's been a challenge to you. Um, I pray that it has brought enlightenment and understanding. I pray that there has been an impartation of wisdom that you've received in this um, message. I want you to share it with somebody who is going through it or maybe not. <laughs> uh, it, there's still some wisdom here that um, we all could glean from. 
if you, I'm not going to say if, because I know you've been blessed by it, because the Lord told me to tell y'all this, but I encourage you, visit my website, DelisaRogersFields.com, and there is uh, uh, um, opportunities there for you to sow, to give, uh, to purchase books, or what have you. There are opportunities there for you to do that. You've been blessed, so be a blessing, right? Um, so share this message with those that you know uh, need to hear it. And until next time, you all be blessed. Continue to grow and go in the things of God. And may all go well with you and your family. In Jesus' name, God bless you.